In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear parishioners of St. John's, dear friends, it is a great joy for me to celebrate this closing Mass of the 40 Hours Devotion, and in particular to have the school children present to join with us in prayer. Over these past 40 hours, uh, we have been meditating and thinking upon the theme of to know Christ Jesus. And today in the gospel, the Lord tells us, you have but one master, the Christ. So that is to know the Lord, to recognize him as our master, our teacher, our guide, and that indeed is what we do at Mass. We pray to the Lord, with the Lord, through the Lord, in order that he might come to us, and that he might nourish us first with his word, and then with his true body and blood in the Most Holy Eucharist. Now, it's a joy for me to celebrate this Mass as an old friend of your pastor. Father Pollard and I go back many years. I knew him when he was a seminarian in Rome. And it was a joy for me to know him when he worked in New York at the Nunciature. And when he invited me to come down to the parish, I said, surely I will. Because, of course, it's beautiful in the priesthood that we help each other. And I know that he helps you as your pastor, and I'm glad that he is able now uh, to expose to me, to show me what a beautiful parish this is. And why is it a beautiful parish? Because of the setting, because of the beautiful vestments and the altar and the tabernacle. Those are all important. But what's really beautiful about this parish is the fact that people come to worship God, to show God that they love him. And we've seen many people come to adore Christ in the Holy Eucharist over these past 40 hours. When Jesus is exposed on the altar, it's as if we're at the mountain of the Transfiguration, which was our gospel on Sunday, where the apostles beheld Jesus gloriously shining, the light of his divinity, bright light shining, and the apostles were amazed. And likewise, as men and women of faith, we are truly amazed when we think about the fact that in the Eucharist, Jesus is with us. He is truly present. Now, I have a lot of experience as a priest, 30 years. I run a parish in Manhattan called Holy Family, and we have a CCD. We don't have a Catholic school. But I have a lot of experience in dealing with children And it's wonderful to see how their faith in Jesus and the Eucharist grows. When we start out with the second graders for First Communion class, uh, we want them to understand who Jesus is, so we teach them first to genuflect. I'm sure the children here at St. John's know how to do that. Right knee touches the ground when you come into the church toward the tabernacle. Why is that? Well, we have to recognize that God is superior to us. God is our creator and our redeemer. And when someone is superior, they are to be honored and worshipped. So we come into church and we touch our knee to the ground. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign that we recognize God is superior and good and we love him. But we don't tell the children that's all you can do. You just don't genuflect and then forget about the Lord. Then you turn your thoughts to him in prayer. That's why we'd have no talking in church. Certainly we don't want to engage in socializing. Here we are with the Lord. 
But the Lord's silence that we maintain in church is meant to help us to talk in our hearts to Christ. And Jesus truly understands us when we talk to him. He knows everything. He is pleased when we turn to him in our thoughts. When we talk to the Lord in the silence of our hearts, he inspires in us good works, good actions, love for neighbor. And he also inspires in us a deep faith, faith that Jesus is truly present. Now, when our Lord said at the Last Supper, this is my body, this is my blood, the cup of my blood or the chalice of my blood, he truly meant it. And I typically ask children, does Jesus Christ ever tell a lie? And that one they get right. They always know. No, Jesus never told a lie. So if he took a piece of bread in his hand and he said, this is my body, is that really his body? Absolutely. Does it look like his body? Then the children say, no, it really looks like a piece of bread. So then we say, well, it's a piece of bread or is it the body of Christ? And then they say, well, Jesus is body. If he said it's his body, it is his body. And then we explain to them, of course, this is what it means to believe. We don't trust our eyes. We trust our ears. Because when Jesus speaks, he only says what is true. And if he says that a piece of bread is his body and a chalice of wine is his blood, then it truly is. Now that means when you come up to communion, you're not receiving holy bread. There is no holy bread. There's the body of Christ, the true body of him who saves us, who brings us into union with him, into close friendship. And that union is the greatest thing possible on earth for any man to receive the living Lord in the Holy Eucharist. Now, the signs of devotion that we give to the Lord help us in strengthening that faith. So when we come into church, as we said, we genuflect, we maintain silence, we kneel down during the consecration, and then we honor the Lord by worthily receiving communion with a spirit of attention and devotion. One of the things that most bothers priests is when people take Holy Communion in their hand and then kind of walk away and don't know what to do with it. We say to them, no, no, this isn't right. You have to understand what this is. If it's the body of Christ, as soon as we receive it, we place it in our mouth. Now, people who receive on the tongue don't have that problem because it's automatically received. But if we do receive in the hand, we have to do it with respect and love, showing that, yes, I believe this is Jesus in my hand. He means me to receive him, to eat his precious body so that I can be united to him. And then after the reception of Holy Communion, When we return to our places, it's a time to meditate and to ask God for all the favors that we need. And that's important. Everybody here has something in their lives that bothers them. Everything that we do in life is not perfect or producing happiness. Some things make us sad. Some things are upsetting. How can we deal with them? Well, of course, we ask God's help. That's what he wants us to do. When's the best time to ask God's help? When we know that he's inside of us, when we received Holy Communion. So after receiving, we kneel down and we pray. We don't talk to our friends or we don't daydream. We talk to the Lord. Does Jesus hear us? Yes, he does. 
He hears us because he is all-powerful. He knows exactly what we need, and he wants us to be happy. So he wants us to help resolve the problems. And sometimes resolving a problem doesn't mean we take it away. It means we learn how to live with it at peace. And then we're able to be more charitable to others because we're not just focused on ourselves. Now, the day we celebrate our First Holy Communion should be a very memorable day. Certainly at our parish in New York, uh, and I'm sure it's similar here, all the girls are in beautiful white dresses. Uh, The boys at our parish look like little sailors. They wear white pants and a blue blazer, white shirt, white tie. And all the parents are very happy and proud of them. Uh, Let's think back, each one right now, to our own First Communion, how happy we were. I was very lucky. The school I went to in Brooklyn, New York, First Communion was given in first grade. So I got to receive Jesus at the end of my first year in school. And I remembered very well uh, what a great and beautiful day it was. And even though as a little boy you don't understand everything, you understand enough. And I knew that I was receiving Jesus, and this was the purpose of my life, to be united to Christ. And ever since then, as I received communion before I became a priest, I would think, what a wonderful gift this is. And then after I became a priest, it's still a wonderful gift, but now, as a priest, I give that gift to others, because Jesus has given me the power to celebrate the Holy Mass. What a beautiful gift it is to receive, to celebrate, to be with the divine Savior. Now, all of this leads to a conclusion for us uh, who have been participating in the 40 hours, and that is the joy and love that we have with Christ exposed on the altar is meant to inspire us to go out and live as vibrant and joyful Catholics in our community. The good things that we receive through our prayer are meant to be shared with others. Sometimes we don't realize how easy we have it in life. We know who made us, we know why he made us, and we know what he has in store for us if we're faithful. God made us because he loves us, and he wants us to be with him forever in heaven. There are many people walking around right now who have no idea about that. They think life is simply about getting up, eating food, watching TV, and then going to sleep. And then they'll repeat the next day. Life is about a lot more. Life's about the mystery of eternity, that we will go on forever, and we want to be with God in that joyful eternity of heaven. So as believing Catholics, as devoted servants of the Church and of the Lord, uh, we have a renewed duty at the conclusion of 40 hours, and that is become apostles of Christ to those around us. Show through your faith and your words that you love God so much that you want everybody else to participate in that joy. And Christ will strengthen you to do that. You can give very good example. It doesn't matter if you're a school child or a senior citizen or anywhere in between. Uh, Empowered by God's love, we can truly bring his message to others. Let's ask today St. Catherine Drexel, who was a wonderful nun who helped many, many people. Let's ask her to intercede for us. And let's turn once again in this Mass to God our Father, asking him to bless us with the gift of his Son and the power of the Holy Spirit to truly be servants of the Church. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.